Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is iFanboy Pick of the Week 907, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you. It was Christmas Eve, babe, in the drunk tank, an old man said to me, Hello, my name is Connor Kilpatrick, and this is my down on his health co-host, Josh Lanigan. Listen, I've had worse than this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull out. It's you know, some years it's like we are mentally crawling to the winter break, and this year I feel like it's physical. Yeah, I, I've well, been sick for like eight weeks, and I'm just pulling out of it, and now you're going down. So we just this, both need the time off. I don't expect this to get better over the coming years. <laughs> you know. Like at this point, I'm I feel I genuinely feel like I hey at least it's only a cold and I can have solace in that like no big deal right right when I had COVID a couple of m- months ago I I was like well this is the end I'm going to and I I like I'm not even making but like I wasn't really terribly sick or anything but it was awful so today it's just like hey, it's a cold it sucks I've had colds before fine and now you got to talk for an hour yeah that's a good idea you have a drink you have some lozenges. I got, I got, well, first of all, lozenges and microphones do not mix. I think when they, when they click against the teeth is the best part. Oh, (laughs) I just, I saw some clip of Christ. I don't know. It was like a Joe Rogan thing or whatever. I think it was. And they were like eating on Uh, mic and I was just repulsed. I was like, how do you not know not to do this? We didn't know. We didn't know. We were professionals. Well, I guess we were. Hey. (laughs) Welcome to iFanboy Pick of the Week, episode 907. It's our second to last Pick of the Week show of the year before we go on our previously mentioned winter break that we need to to cleanse the mental decks. <laughs> and also this week, we should mention, we say goodbye to the Comixology app, as well as the year of, in the year of comics. We have one more show, but this I, is the I, last I, week of the Comixology app. I had a thought that maybe we should like eulogize it to some extent. We could talk about it at the end, maybe a little bit. We'll see. We'll see how Let's it goes. make a note. I'm going to put a note in the script that just says... Comicsology. Where should I put it? Okay, I'll put, put it, it in a random place. Yeah. So I start talking about, books. yeah, like I start talking about Batman. You're like, not so fast, buddy. <laughs> First, we got to talk about the search function. All right, what are we doing here? Every week, one of us picks the books like the best from the stack of comics they read and they call it the pick of the week. We're going to answer, talk about that book. We're going to talk about other books in the week. The patron pick. We're going to answer listener mail, hopefully. And uh, spoiler warning: this is a review show. Josh, this is your last pick of twenty. 23 make it a good one. Oh, if i had known that that was <laughs> criteria uh the pick of the week 
is Amazing Spider-Man Gang War First Strike Number One uh, from Zeb Wells, Cody Ziegler writing, Joey Vasquez or Vasquez with a, a, a typo, and Julian Shaw. Uh, I got it right. I just I don't trust know. Myself. I'm opening my college comicsology. Let's talk about it right now. Brian Valenza on color, and of course, Big Joey C. Caramagna uh, on on the letters. Um, when I see that a a large uh, um, event is starting up that requires me to read books from all over the place and a hundred different ones, and it goes over months, I don't think. Oh, awesome! I think. Oh God, do I have to read this? Um, yeah, but we had two given of those that, this week. Yes, exactly. Now, given though that what a boring as shit cover on this, by the way. Um, John Rita Jr., I'm sorry. But given that uh, it's uh, headed by, it says Zeb Wells and Cody Ziegler. I usually know how that goes is that, you know, Zeb Wells had a story in place. They work it out. Cody Ziegler probably It was Vasquez. It's Joey Vasquez. Was the yeah, they, finally got Joey. Comics to open. Um, but uh, it, it, is a, it is a continuation of the story that has been, been going on in Amazing Spider-Man and actually gaining speed. I was a little surprised that it wasn't taking place in the main book. Um, and maybe it will uh, go through the main title. It's going a little forward. strange that these are all special issues. I mean, the whole right. thing, it's, it's a line event. It's not a Marvel event. It's not a, right. it's not a, uh, publishing wide event. That's not like showing up in Captain America and the X-Men. It's just in the Spider-Man, Spider-Man related, Spider-Man adjacent characters. And they're all, it looks like from the checklist, it's all, no, it's, no, next issue is Spider-Man 39. So I think there's a couple okay. of special, this special issue kicks it off. Luke right. Cage is getting a miniseries. Spider-Man is getting a miniseries. It looks like there's going to be a Daredevil miniseries. But the books, it's taking place across Amazing Spider-Man, Miles Morales Spider-Man, and the rest are all minis. So, so it's taking place in Spider-Man. All, all that being Wait, said Hold on, is- last thing. The last book, though, is Daredevil, Gang War. Like, it's not wrapping up in a Spider-Man book, unless it's going beyond March. Whatever. The doesn't go that way, but that's <laughs> very strange. I actually really enjoyed the tension of um, Robbie Robertson and uh, Beetle Girl's relationship and through the wedding and all the things that sort of spun out from it. I actually, I was very uh, invested in that story and and sort of, because you like knew it had to fall apart and you kind of didn't want it to, but there's no way around it. And so the whole- It doesn't though, right? Like they, they love each other. So they had their wedding. The wedding got disrupted by a mob war, which happens in New York. It's a very common mm-hmm. thing. And uh, you know, her dad got shot. They didn't have the wedding. They've been they haven't really been talking. And then they they she gets sent to kill him and but doesn't and can't. And then he he sacrifices himself for her. Like they it doesn't go it doesn't go great for them, but it's not like, you know, she tries to kill him and she she clearly has feelings no, for her. Sure. You know, it's it's doesn't have to end in killing, but it you know it, it'd be very difficult to make the relationship work at this point. And I, sure. I think that th- I think that's been a very good story, your star-crossed lover kind of story. Um, I think that you know if this this was just the next issue of Amazing Spider-Man, which it well could have been, uh, I would have liked it just as much. And I thought that a lot of ground was covered here. They they really, if you are doing a single issue kickoff to sort of everything that's happening. I, re- I really thought there was a lot of elegantly heavy lifted things uh, yeah. in, in this. I am, you know, I'm kind of a sucker when you put all the criminals in a room <laughs> and they have to get along and they all think they're double crossing each other. 
uh, and it's it's really wacky. They all think they're the smart one. Yeah, they exactly, and and uh, it's silly, and you know, you look how smug Hammerhead is. He's like, I got this, you know. And there's a twist that happens, yeah. Um, which you know he should be smart enough to see coming. Uh, then we we cut into you know he was very distracted Miles. by that dress. Sure, we you know cut into a a, a little sequence of Miles and Peter uh, chasing uh, what's his name Slippy Slippery uh, Slick. What's Free his name? Jim? I don't Slide. Know. <laughs> Slide with a Y. Slide. And he is apparently frictionless. Um, oh, and they beat him. Guys. You and, then, and then, you know, Miles gives him shit. It's like, where were you? What are you doing? And he's like, well, I, he goes, no, no, I'm going to talk. And I was like, oh, this is kind of, this is an interesting character moment where you're watching this other character who was the younger one sort of come into his oats and calling peter on his shit which is what he's done to everybody and it's it's at this point like it's interesting because peter has no excuse really you know other than i'm really busy i'm trying to do the best and even that he kind of leaned away from i just thought it was i thought it was well written and a little bit of a more mature take at least it was thoughtful i believe you know and so if we're talking about in terms of like a superhero story that I think looks like a lot of fun. You'll notice, by the way, at the map at the beginning, there's a map Ooh. of who owns what territory. Oh, I wanted to talk about the map. Still, I've been waiting no for one, you to stop talking so I can talk about the map. No one wants Staten Island. Well, that's interesting. So let's talk about this map. So it's the gangware territories, and they've carved up Manhattan, uh, West Queens, North Brooklyn, and South the Bro- South of Bronx into territories. So everyone's like, fuck Staten Island. Uh, no one gives a shit about Floral Park or Forest Hills. Uh, they mentioned Red Hook at one point in the meeting, but Red Hook's not on the map. It's not inclusive of the Hammerhead Hobgoblin area? No, that's not. That's I mean, the, the half of Brooklyn is not oh, even yeah. on this map. Oh, so, okay. like, the, the area I lived in is not even on this map. And Red Hook is south of that. So, um, this is a very Manhattan-centric map. So, let's look at the map. I grew up in Owl Territory, and you lived in, I believe, Hammerhead, Hammerhead. Magia Territory. Yes. Um, but the rest of the city is just off limits, I guess. No one talks about Staten Island. Or I like that. I like that Ringmaster basically controls the Triborough Bridge area. <laughs> yes, he's got I mean, tolls. by the way, he's got a piece that, of the tolls. He's he's making more than anybody. <laughs> if that's the case, does is the color? I'm a little I'm a little colorblind, so you're gonna have to tell me. Is does Hammerhead control Roosevelt Island, or is that just? You know, nobody, no, no go territory. It seems to be the same color, but it's also yeah. the same color as Hobgoblin. By the way, I had no idea that Hobgoblin was a territory controlling crime lord. <laughs> Neither did I. I thought he was more like a random lunatic guy. And for someone named Crime Master, his territory is pretty small. Sure. Well, I mean, as a master yeah. of crime, he should be having a much bigger area. But again, to be fair, that is a very valuable piece of land. It's a very valuable piece of land. It's true. If, if he's taken, if he's if he's taken, you know, a piece of the businesses here and there, he's doing just fine with that. He has I basically like the nope. 60s, 70s, and 80s in the Upper East Side, so he's good. Yeah, he's doing good. I I think uh, I think it's interesting that no one wants Central Park. They're like, no, no, that's that's <laughs> the free parking space. Yeah, that's like our our neutral ground. So we go play. We can play our softball games, our intergang mm-hmm. softball games. It's all everybody's territory. Um, I thought this was super fun. I, I the the Joey Vasquez art at the first, I didn't know if I felt how I felt about it, but by the end of it, I really liked it. It worked. Like it wasn't it like a this very is amazing. Classic Spider-Man yes. feel, uh, especially like that final image of Spider-Man swinging through the city. There's a great. He did a really great Miles Morales. Like I thought, by the end of it, I was like, okay, I'm into this. Yeah, uh, I like the twists and turns. But really, the thing that that struck me while reading this 
was the contrast between Titans Beast World, which was the, uh, the basically the mirror image of this, the the kickoff of the DC Titan centric event that is randomly also going into one issue of Action Comics. Um, this felt organic. This felt like they were building off of years or however long it's been of Zeb Wells' stories. And so I'm invested in the story here because I've yeah. been following the seeds of it for however many issues, 30-plus issues. So all this makes sense. As a Spider-Man f- reader, Spider-Man fan, I'm not confused. This doesn't feel like it's out of nowhere. This feels like a uh, a logical continuation of what's been happening, but in a bigger scale. And so th- in that sense, that's what an and event it- should feel like, right? Like you should feel like you're invested and it's, and it's now a story that's blowing up into a big, wide thing. And Whereas, it, it also, but, but, and it, it also really, I think, gives credence to the fact that I, it looks like, you know, Zeb Wells planned this whole thing yeah. out. That oh, this sure. leads to this leads to this, and then so well that other people can even take those reins and go. This is only the first issue; it could fall apart or whatever. But I don't think it's going to be like that tree one. <laughs> so, and that can contrast with the Titans one, which which feels like every other DC event lately, where a it comes out of nowhere, b it. It's, it's almost exactly like Lazarus Planet, where it involves like something blowing up and, a, and and stuff falling on the Earth and everyone changing. Like like that's what happened. The like, the, like the Inhuman story that the, the Marvel. Right, but it, that's that was exactly what Lazarus Planet was, and that's exactly right. how Beast Beast War, World ended. Is that you know it's the same 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 story structure, and it just feels like there's no emotional resonance when these events don't have any um, ramp up when they just appear mm-hmm. out of nowhere, and then there's no time for so, small moments anymore, et cetera, et cetera. So. Did- this was fun, and I think it helped that I read this, and I read Luke Cage, and I read Spider Woman, mm-hmm. uh, which we're going to talk about in a second, and feels all you know, felt all like a big story sure. that was in, that I was invested in. Well, and also just like the things that happened in this story are not a freak accident; they're all right. character choices that led to this moment, and we have been watching those things happening. You know, is it spurred on by um, you know Tombstone's daughter? It, you know going you know things go one way or another inviting all those people to the wedding was a terrible idea or an awesome one for us as a reader so if I don't sure think exactly i don't think we've said good but point basically as it, as the title says gang war tombstones shooting not murder he's still alive but shooting at the wedding has left a gaping hole in 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 new york city's crime uh hierarchy kingpin is now over on the x-men side doing x-men stuff and so this is an all-out gang war that works out all. nicely by the way yeah, it's almost like they planned it all out and uh so this allows a gang war between all of the silly factions of the Marvel New York City gang community. And so this is it's literally a gang war between all of them. And it's, I liked it. I Great. thought it was incredibly fun. I, yeah. was, I was not surprised at all when I saw it was a big three. Yeah, I, I was surprised at the end when I looked and I thought, hey, you know what? That's the book I had the most fun with. So, And also I was surprised when I looked and I saw the checklist and I was like, yeah, I'll probably read both of these. This was fun. That's great. I'm into it. Maybe not all of them, but I'll give them all a chance. Sure. But maybe I won't finish them all, but I'll give them all a chance. It's not, it's not egregious. It isn't. It's not egregious. Um, all right. Uh, let's talk about Spider-Woman number one. Spider-Woman number one. Um, I wanted to bring it up because um, you don't need to have read this to enjoy the other book is from what I can tell. No, I don't know that they're going to bring other people in. So what we have here is the sort of uh, return of a Spider-Woman uh, book after uh, two what I consider to be pretty good, one of them excellent, and then one of them pretty good. Uh, series in a row there might be another one in there but um uh dennis i was gonna say hopeless and then he became dennis hallam i thought had a a really wonderful and transformative run on the character um in that you know she starts off and it was like her and ben urich solving crimes on the road and then she had a baby and everything sort of changed but not in a bad way in a way that was organic i thought and worked pretty well and it's one of those times where 
the character kind of didn't have an angle. I think for a long time, like they'd show up, she had a cool costume and didn't really knew where she fit in. But Bendis brought her back. I think at some point, yeah, um, he brought her back. And, and this, and you know, nine times out of 10, giving a character, a kid, uh, is terrible. I actually thought it worked really well in this. It was written really well. The next, uh, sort of arc that, that sort of the major one that came after that, I do not remember. Her name was Carla, Carla with a K. Carla Pacheco. I think something like that. I, I thought that that picked up on what had come before, but also had its own voice. Um, not everything was awesome, but it was it was good and thoughtful yeah, and interesting. Uh, and and then what happened was it started to they did the thing where they sort of start to unravel the character because you take away Roger, who was the porcupine character, or whatever it was, Hedgehog, I forget. Um, and so, anyways, we come back to this this new number one. Like she's back. Some shit went down. She was very involved in the in the Captain Marvel thing too, by the way. Which is their best friends to have yeah, they were in that book, yeah. right? And that's their relationship. But in this, she's sort of coming back to square one. Everything's you know, but she's. Missing I missed. Something. I'm, did, did you did we no. read the story where she was disappeared from the no. universe and she, the the, no. the stupid no fucking spider web of the of the universe yeah. or whatever it is? And I hate all that exactly. Stuff. So it might have been in one of those web whatever. And so she was erased from existence. Yeah. And brought back, and now the old Spider-Woman is now Madam Web, which of course is here because there's going to be a movie. But um, she's also Julia Carpenter, who was the black and white costume Spider-Woman. But I was very confused by all that because I didn't read any of that. I, I, I wasn't confused by it as much as I was annoyed by it. Right. So yeah. you're going to reboot the character, I guess, fine. Because you want to lose the baggage of the kid and the love life and whatever. Well, I don't think they're doing and, that because the kid, right, the kid's so, the plot right. point. So what I'm saying is, then they come back around. And what they've done is they've taken away the kid, and I just thought, why? Why do you need to do this with this character? This is the thing you just did this with Black Widow. You just like it, it's it's every time you have a character who has a, a female character who has a connection to a kid. You know, like they take it away and you watch her go. It's like, this is the part that a character never really recovers from. Right. We've said that with Black Widow. That was why and, that was a mistake. And, and with this character, like the thing that was interesting about her is that she did kind of have her shit together and she was taking care of her kids and she had support. And it was more like, like a dramedy comma about her having to work those things out together. And now what you've done is the same thing that they keep doing to Bruce Wayne over and over again. It's like, what if we really fuck up the people he cares about? And it's a good story point. It's dramatic, but it's not original. It's kind of killing what I really liked about this character. And I thought, now this is just every other story right now. And yeah, I, I just thought the whole, this reset. I know, but I just they have to I just, start her off somewhere and then get to the, bringing the kid back. So I know, but like, just it's it's boring. Like I don't I don't want to go through that process and then. Try to f- then there's that however many months afterwards where they work through their trauma and they can't trust anyone or whatever. And I just thought that this was clunky at like with with um the way that they wrote Carol in here. And it's just like we have seen these two characters written so well over so long that this I, felt worse. Yeah, I, I don't know what this book is. I don't know if this is only for gang war and if it's a mini. I don't know if it's a new ongoing. I don't know anything about it. But really, what we should talk be talking about is their ham-handed attempt to make us okay with Carol's new costume. It is the worst. It is so the, bad. I don't know if it's the jacket or the fingerless gloves that really bother me the most. But it's the, the pants. The pants really bother me. They're, so they're, she shows they're up. Major, they're marching band pants. 
She show, well the whole the whole outfit's a marching band outfit. Awful. She shows up at, at Carol's apartment, and Carol goes, "Oh, hey, cool new costume," which is them looking at the camera and talking to you, and not oh. each other. This is a note to the reader: "Hey, is this a cool new costume? Our characters think so. Bullshit. It's awful." So, um, yeah, this was okay. I like. I mean, I liked it in the context of the whole story. I, I enjoyed. I think I enjoyed Luke Cage's issue more because mm-hmm. um, it was more directly tied into gang war. And this one ties it at the end. Um, yeah, and then the, then so that with the Madam Web shit, I was like, Ugh, God. yeah, that stuff I didn't like. But at the end, Spider Man recruits her into his gang war team, which he's go he had gone off to form at the end of his issue. I didn't love the art in this. I felt like everyone was kind of hunched over all the time. Oh, page twenty five, panel two. Like she's just kind of hunched. It's not a heroic pose at all. Like it was like they they were trying to fit her into this panel, but instead of drawing her smaller, they just had her hunch her her body, and it's this is so weird. That's funny. There's a lot of like hunchiness in this. You know what drives me nuts? <clears throat> the Mark Bagley glasses. The the Madam Web or whoever the fuck she oh, is yeah. has the the ugly ass stupid uh, yeah. Madam Web glasses, which are like the worst kind of Oakley glasses. But they have no temples, and it's like, why? Yeah, I mean, I I I, I don't want to sound too down. I did like this for the most part, but mostly when it got to the second half where she went to fight the gang war and not. The first half where it was like yeah, I the just, web I of just, life and Madam Web and Carol's had to get to marching band practice, so she had to leave the story. And uh, well, that's a new vein. I'm going I'm to mine that vein for a while. Sure. I'm not. There's only one more show. All right. So um, <laughs> let's talk about I was, the just, I was very disappointed and because and I, I really like the character. Well, I just don't know if it's only here to tie into gang war. I just don't know. Whatever. Like, she's a good character. Don't fuck her up when she use her. The penguin. The penguin number... Four. Fourteen. Four. Four, sorry. Four. Fourteen. Four. <laughs> Shit, I'm behind. Uh, first, I'm going to say, uh, despite the creepy coloring they've been doing on Kevin McGuire, I enjoyed all the Keith Giffen tribute at the end of all the DC issues this, this oh. week. Um, I really like this issue of The Penguin. I know we've been talking about this a lot. I think we talk about every issue. But uh, it, this was one of those, again, structural masterpieces where you mm-hmm. think things are going one way, he tricks you, the reader, into thinking, "Oh man, the, the help got fucked up. That was cool." And then you, re- then it's revealed that nothing you, you, you watched was as it seemed. And I thought, oh, "He got me again." And then, and then the that the help wouldn't like it wasn't unplanned, so there wasn't going to be a reprisal for that thing, as I understand it. Well, there was. Uh, well, he killed the guy, right? But not oh. towards Penguin. Right, right, right. He just was embarrassed. Like, I just thought it was cool that, you know, we, we spent three issues building up this help character and then he gets mm-hmm. beaten. And I was like, oh, shit, that was unexpected. That's cool. Right. And then, then when we, re- we reveal that it was all a, all a setup and, and a performance, uh, I was like, oh, shit, he got me. And then he, but the help was allowed <laughs> to keep his dignity by, by murdering the guy who beat him. I, that poor guy. He's just following orders. I think the thing, that's what he's meant for. I think the thing about this, and you say we keep talking about it, is that. I like the series more every issue. The first issue, I was like, I don't know. The second one, I was like, that's a little better. It's fine. And and then the which which was the one with the help? Was that the second one? I think it was the last issue, three. The third one. No, no, it was second. No. Third, third, third was building the team with these those right, other guys. These other guys. Yeah. Um, I think the cover is great, but mostly because under the title, the Penguin is plays a high stakes game of death. And I was like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is lovely. That is a great thing to do with a comic book cover. Um, I liked that, you know, the first couple pages and story is about him being nervous on a plane. By the way, he's not flying commercial. Um, 
but it's yeah. fu- it's funny to it's funny to put him on commercial so it's it's fine uh you know this weird relationship he has with his wife super ex-wife. hot ex-wife or yeah and and you know like how uh it's written in how she belittles him yeah. uh verbally all the time and he respects her and they it, it's an interesting relationship if you look through this thing like so much of it is just the two of them sitting next to each other and talking and that should be comic book death but it doesn't matter because it's compelling yeah um it's the series i didn't know this is a lot like supergirl it's a series i didn't n- want i didn't know i wanted and i'm surprised that i do yeah i mean this this goes against this, you know, every once in a while, I don't like reading villain stories as a protagonist, yeah. but it goes against, you know, sometimes it works. And this, you know, Doctor Doom miniseries worked a couple years ago, and this works. And it's because I, the Penguin's such an interesting and unusual villain. He's not like the Joker. He's not even like the Riddler, although there was that one uh, harsh dig at him where his... Yeah, it was. <laughs> is it okay if I close my eyes and picture the Riddler? It's like, oh, Ugh. fuck. Um, he's, but, and he's actually below Penguin on the tier list, so that's even right, worse. Right, but he's hotter. Is he? Um, Depends on who's doing it. But, uh, you know, the, he he's such an unusual and conflicting character who's been, who's been had so different, many different versions of him over the years that yeah. um, he's interesting in that sense. And so. I, I do think it's really interesting that if you were to ask me, like, what is the Riddler or what is the Penguin like? Look, I did it too. Uh, you know, I don't know that I have a read on what that character is. I know he's kind of what whoever needs him to be at the time for the story they're telling. Right. And so for a while, he's been, you know, the aloof businessman who's above it all, but still a, a yeah, real deal. It's been like 20 years of him being like the crime boss character as opposed to yeah. like showing up with a, uh, and, a helicopter umbrella to rob a bank. Right. And this fits with that, I think, yeah. but it, it is an extension of it. It's adding something to that that doesn't take away from the former or change it, but no. it, it, it makes it uh, better. Um, you know, you're seeing him in his in his shirt sleeves, you know, with his collar open, sitting around, you know, with a person that he can kind of be comfortable with. I'm like, I don't think I've ever seen that. He's Tony Soprano. I I uh I mean I do a little bit miss the Burgess Meredith, you know, but that's just me as an old 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 Batman he fan. Says, but I do like Rock a lot. <laughs> so come on. <laughs> that was to cover Burgess want? Meredith's reaction to the cigarettes. Yeah. I don't know if you know that, or maybe people don't know that out there, but he couldn't. He didn't smoke, and so the character had to smoke, and he kept going into cough, so he created this this penguin noise to cover the cough. I did not know that. Let's talk about my favorite Batman series, and my, one of my favorite issues of the, my favorite Batman series, Batman the Brave and the Bold, number seven. Did you end up reading this? I told you to No, read. no, I didn't. Oh, you asshole. I'm sorry. It's illness-based. So this was a powerhouse fucking lineup. So this Sell is me the, on it, Kilpatrick. This is the Batman... Uh, Brave and the Bold. It's the anthology series, so this it's various short stories, and some some of them are just one shot. Some of them continue on for like five or six parts. Then they move are on. these are there stories in this one that are continued from earlier? There's issues? one. The first story is part two, and the rest are all part ones or or one shots. So the first story is the Guillaume March written and drawn story, which I talked about last time. It was about originally Batman with amnesia landing on a fire escape of a nurse single mom nurse and his daughter it's almost batman's own hallmark story and you know they take him in and they they help him and he sort of falls in love with the nurse and he becomes like the daughter's surrogate dad and she's a big batman fan and so they sort of nurse him back to health and back to um his memory and fighting fighting crime and there's a big twist in this this part two and i don't really want to spoil it but it made me go oh shit and i think there's only one more part left but uh it's Guillaume marsh who's you know terrific and I, I thought this is a this is this been a thing with these stories is they're basically they're in continuity they're out of continuity it doesn't matter they're sort of timeless Batman stories and so these yeah. 
all sort of fit that 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 realm. But the Guillaume March one is really really good so far. Uh, part two was Wild Dog. Here comes trouble! Exclamation part part one by Kyle Starks and Fernando Pissarin. Hey, and I don't know how many people know the character Wild Dog, but he's basically like DC's early '90s Punisher. Uh, uh, try like they tried with this character called Wild Dog, who uh, is the same thing as the Punisher. He's a vigilante in the Midwest who wears a a, a shirt from his local um, college team. He was on that he was a player on the Wild Dogs, and sure. he wears a hockey mask and he has you know machine guns and he's the Punisher. But this is Kyle Casey Starks. Jones. It's Casey Jones and yeah. the Punisher. Yeah, together. So this is Kyle Starks, and it's very, very, very funny. And it's it's just his adventures in the Midwest trying to stop uh, some gang problems they're having with gangs from the East Coast coming to the Midwest thinking it'd be easy to take over. And it, the the tone is really funny. Uh, actually, it was actually a really fun, good story. It's a part one. I'm looking forward to more of it. But it was actually just very, very funny. And um, the sort of blasé Midwestern nature of this was all very amusing. And at one point... Somebody asked him if he's going to get in legal trouble for wearing the, the team's jersey while fighting crime. He says, why would anyone care? Then he gets served by a subpoena. So he has to change his outfit. It was all very funny. Very Kyle Starks. Third, Aquaman Communion Part 1. Gabriel Hardman writing and, and drawing. Haven't seen that in forever. I know. I, I You said that. And, I, and I, I am going to read it. But like the fact that I was like, oh, I thought he was done for sure. Yeah. But uh, here, th- this is straight up just an Aquaman story. Where um, there's a mystery of the deep that he goes to s- and gets involved in and, and starts involving, gets bigger and bigger as the story unfolds, involves the do- dominators, and there's a twist at the end that I want to reveal, but it, maybe it was delightful, especially as an old um, Gabriel Harbin fan. But it starts off with a very, you know, pro-ocean conservation message as Aquaman stops these overfisheries from overfishing and then uh, moves on to, you know, uh, alien invasion via the deep. And that was... It looked terrific. He's employing the classic costume plus long hair and beard, which I really like as a look for him. I liked it when I first saw it way back in the 90s in an issue of Giffen and DeMatteis' Justice League. I think Kevin McGuire drew it. was one of his last issues. And he was like a last page reveal of him standing there on, on top of like a dolphin. And he was he had the long hair and beard. And it was the first time I ever saw it as a kid. I thought, oh, that looks cool. And I've always liked it yeah. since then. And then the final story, Josh is your boy Rosenberg. Ah. Uh, Matthew Rosenberg and Matteo Scalera. Nice. Doing a black and white one-shot story uh, with Batman and Etrigan the Demon. And it was this, was, this issue was huh. awesome. Every story was great. This is the first time I think I've read every story, and every story was terrific. That's cool. So if you're, if you're a Batman fan or just like any of these creators I talked about are just good comics, pick this issue up. Um, the Guillaume March story is really good. And if you're interested, the last issue had part one in it, but you could conceivably read this and be okay. But really this was a terrific oversized and 70 pages. Uh, so you get a lot of, a lot of story here and it was terrific. I love this book. Very so there good. you go. Hey, we're reaching the end of the year. You, you might be able to tell in our voices and in our mental capacity, but we'd like to thank everyone who supported us throughout the year. There's various ways you've done it. You're the reason the show keeps going. It allows us to pay the bills. We're doing our end of the year finances. and ooh. There were um, some bills. There were some bills. And so it, you allow us to do that. We thank you very much. The main way people support us is Patreon. Patreon.com slash iFanboy. They are the direct supporters of the show. They unlock shows for everybody. You know, the, all the splodes, the talks 
and the books and the medias are all unlo- we're all unlocked by the patrons. They become a great part of a great community. And uh, there's a Discord server. A bunch of new people joined this week. You know, if you become a patron on a certain level, you get an automatic you know link to join the Discord server. And so they they've been joined. There's also a Facebook community that I believe is still going on. We have a monthly patron hangout, which is happening next week, and uh, it's fun. We like the community there quite a bit, and we have tier exclusive merchandise. So if you're a patron at various levels of patronage, after three months of being a patron, you get merchandise just sent directly to you. You don't have to do anything about it; it just shows up in your mail. And uh, they're not a, none of that stuff's available for purchase by the general public. Somebody asked this week, and nope, you can't get a Junior Jamoke T-shirt unless you're a Junior Jamoke, and you can't be a Junior Jamoke unless you're a patron. I gotta so, say, I don't like exclusivity as a rule. But I like this exclusivity. So there, I mean, we don't we don't even have these things. I don't even have a Junior Jamoke T-shirt. I I would like a Junior Jamoke T-shirt. I'd have to become a patron, which seems odd. I mean, I could just give myself ten bucks a month, but there must be we'll some mechanism where we can see the own, our own merch. <laughs> so we can't get it. I'm wow. like I'm like looking through a hole like a like a window with my nose pressed against it. I'm t- I'm taking back my endorsement <laughs> of exclusivity. Fanboy.threadless.com is our non-exclusive T-shirt store. We've got 13 shirt designs there and uh, the great, great stocking stuffers for the holidays. If you don't know what to get your mother-in-law, how about a nothing makes sense, nothing matters t-shirt for her? I mean, mean, it's a universal message. Exactly. So check those out. Threadless is always having sales around the holidays. They just had a Thanksgiving sale. I guarantee you there will be a Christmas and New Year's sale. So if you've been thinking about getting any of these shirts or the designs and all kinds of merchandise, you can go to fm.threadless.com. We appreciate that. fm.com slash support. It's our digital PayPal tip jar. Lots of people drop some money in there because they don't, if they don't want to be patrons or buy a shirt, which is totally cool. And we thank you for that. But if you're, again, if you're one of those people that got super rich during the pandemic and we're looking at you, all those you know, oligarch billionaires, uh, if you want to drop a couple of hundred million dollars into the PayPal, that's also fine. I'm sure things will go haywire, but we'll figure it out. By the way, when you said also fine, mm-hmm. I initially heard the word falsifying. It was <laughs> like, oh shit, what's happening? <laughs> Listen, <laughs> It'll cause lots of headaches, but we'll figure those headaches out. That's so, what money can do, right? So we thank you if you need to if you need to lose you know some cash at the end of the year. Consider the uh, fm.com slash support link to PayPal. We we finally, have a bag. It may be a literal bag. <laughs> it may not be. The point is, we're going to make it work. Yeah, we'll make it work. We'll hire whoever needs to, we need to hire to make it work. Money fixes things. People, <laughs> apparently, people have money. They just do things. It doesn't matter. Right. They have no, 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 no worries. I found com slash Amazon. So if it's holiday shopping time, we are, this show comes out the first weekend of December. You know, we got, you know, three or four weeks till Christmas and Hanukkah. And so if you're thinking about doing any Amazon based shopping, consider clicking our link on I com slash Amazon. It's our affiliate link. We get a piece of the sale. It doesn't come out of your pocket. It comes out of Amazon's pocket. Uh, we thank you very much. It's something that people have been doing for years, and we we do appreciate it. You know, I have you know, I you know, all these things that we do, people do. We appreciate. We we can't even tell you how much we appreciate. Also, at fm.com slash Amazon, our links to books, blood books are there for now. Amazon's changing things; and those links may end up going away, but they're there for now. And bookshop.org is our partner to help local bookstores. If you go to a Booksplode post, you'll see those those links there. In fact, our new one this week has the link to buy the collection that features those turtles books in them. So all these things, as we said before, are ways people have helped support the show throughout the year. And uh, we, we are so immensely gra- grateful and gratified. Anytime we've had a problem throughout the year, like a little emergency, we've been able to help ourselves and we appreciate it. And, and it helps, it helps our lives immensely. That's really true. 
And hopefully the entertainment we bring to you or whatever, whatever, whatever this is, I don't know if this is entertaining or not anymore. I can't tell. But if there's, we brought any entertainment to your life, hopefully uh, it's worth it to help support it. And we thank you very much. Let's move on to this. Speaking of, I don't know if this is entertaining. <laughs> uh, quest number four. This what is, is from, this book? It's from Jonathan Luna. Um, and that is the correct question pretty much whenever there's a new Jonathan Luna book. Have you been reading all I, these issues? I have, I've read every Jonathan Luna book for years. I, I knew Ron did that, but I didn't know you did that. I got well. First of all, I was reading them back when it was the brothers, and then right, there was a, there was a there was a schism. Uh, and oh, I, I know. Think, back when I was working I think, in book publishing, he keep he approaches publishing his book, and I had to look into all that. Right. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I read all of them. I don't know exactly why. There's something weird about them. Like like if on the surface, like the art's always kind of stiff and weird, but each story is very different than the one that came before it. So. I this like that you one, have these weird things that you do. Thank you. I like it. I don't even know how to explain this without having it take a really long time. But basically, there's some mystic folk next to some magic land. Uh, they get married. A bunch of monsters break, come in, and they steal the husband. And then she's the princess, and she goes to find him. And it, like shit goes bad because there's demons and whatever. The real thing about this issue is, and I, I believe I showed you a photo of this, is that the first fight that takes place with these sort <laughs> yeah, of – They call them tree – Sure. Tree flower monsters, but flower really monsters, what they sure. are are bug bodies with a giant vulva for a face, mm-hmm. and it's not even. It's not even. Not it's even, not even a question. It's not a question, right? It's not. It's not. It's not George <laughs> O'Keefe. Like maybe mm-hmm. it's a big vagina, or that woman's hat I, on the on the on the, the Gilded Age last week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I didn't. I haven't seen. It. I'm not caught. But up. It's, it's a it's a it's a vagina hat, right? So, and then the inside of it, there are teeth. And then it has a little like xenomorphic. Well, that's scary in there, Josh. Tongue. It's it's. I, so, and ma- and so many monsters throughout the course of sci-fi fantasy have had teeth, vagina, faces, and it's Deuce just got to get over that. It's just that this one is so. It's a female protagonist. She's and she's sure, like but the creators. There's aren't. not a the, so the just the juxtaposition of this <laughs> is weird. No, there is. There's a there's, there's a. Uh, Crystal Wood uh, mm. does like story assist. She wrote the script. Wow. Uh, the, I don't know who she is. Uh, it's just so strange. And I keep reading it. I'm going to keep reading it. So All if right. you haven't been reading this, I just spend most of the time going, what was the meaning of the vagina monster? Yeah. Because it doesn't really fit into the narrative in any way that I can tell. Well, speaking of vaginas, um, did you re- read Crave number one? I did. I love this I did. book. Yeah, I thought it was. I don't think it was like an amazing book, but I no, did no, think it was very original and that's very what I mean. like, well told. They don't tell these kind of stories in comics. This is yeah. a this is an erotic techno thriller. So at least for right now, the kind of thing you'd see in like a, a movie or a, you know, these yeah, things it, called movies. Like you know, the, you'd see this in like a you know like a little mid budget you know thriller or or mini series or maybe or, Black Mirror episode. But it's right. basically so far nothing supernatural other than. At this college in England, unnamed university, uh, one morning all the kids wake up and there's a new there's an app on everyone's phone called Crave. Don't know how I got there. It's just there, and you know you click on it and it says, "Tell us what you crave. Follow our instructions and we'll make it happen." And since they're all they're all kids, a lot of sex, a lot of Bonin. I want to make out, I want to bang that person. I want and I like the one sweet kid is like I want to make out with her and I was like yeah. oh that's nice. And by the, uh, what, what, what I love was by the end like in the background everyone's making out. 
Yeah. And so, like, it just becomes this this strange thing where relationships get blow, busted up and teachers are sleeping with students. And, and it's all, you know, right now we're in the first issue messy stage of this is kind of weird. And then the mystery happens where one of the students was missing or thought to be missing. He shows up not missing, but it's the classic scenario of he leaves a note of warning on his computer. Don't whatever you do, don't open the Crave app. And but then you know the wind blows it off the po- the post-it note. He he could have said something, but that's like the classic thing, right? I know. Like it's like they you know the notes left. Like I'm running out the door. Uh, I left you a note, but it gets you know they, they can't find it. It says basically don't engage with this app. It's trouble. This is a miniseries, by the way. It's like six issue miniseries. So. Yeah. I just thought this was terrific. I mean, just in terms of the fact that it was so unusual. I like the art a lot. This is by Maria Love Lovett, two L's, who did everything. The write, the writing, the art, the colors, the letters. And I thought the art was really strong, really professional, um, really evocative. And I thought the story was really fun. I'm looking forward to the, reading the rest of this. I thought this was terrific. Yep. I, I liked it a lot. I thought it was good. Yeah. And it was very – I read the – I read the description and I thought, oh, that doesn't that doesn't sound like anything because it's uh it's adult comics and I don't mean like 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 no, nudity, not, there's, sexy. There's sex, but it's not like it's not like a porno. No, it's not a porno comic. Is my that's my point. But I was like, oh, no one does this anymore, which is was Alan also Moore's whole you know point. what I do with these image books is I'll read the description and then, I, then if it sounds interesting, I'll then take a look at the art. If I'm not inter- you know con- familiar with who's doing it, I was like, oh shit, this is this is good. Mm-hmm. And so I read it and I thought yeah. it was really terrific. So I'm looking forward to more of it. Yes. Uh, that brings us to what's the furthest place from here? We have a little... Wait, did uh, Quest little, also from Image? Yeah, we had a little Image block here unintentionally. Image block here, yeah. Uh, what's furthest place from here? Number 16, I'm, you know, I, I, I didn't look, but it feels like we're wrapping up. There's a lot of explanations uh, in this one. I love when you bring uh, this bit at, back. Yeah. Um, and we sort of get a view of the world and what happens outside and why all these kids are trapped in their little old hellscape where they get into groups and i i really i really liked it i i really like this i like that after all this time there is an explanation it isn't weird so many books like this that get really sort of out there and strange uh never sort of reel it back in but there is sort of an external structure that that does make some sense um and we're watching uh this is still coming back to the girl from the very first issue who was pregnant and then was lost in the woods and mm-hmm. she's finding her way around um still i, I just huh? uh yeah, yeah. Well, I mean that. Yeah, that's the thing. So, I mean, basically, what we've learned is that when kids are left to themselves and not given any information, weird shit happens. Oh yeah. And you know, there's there's a there's like a scientific, you know, you know, it's it's comic book scientific, but it's it's a it's a thing uh, that that sort of played out. And uh, there's some drama near the end, and um, I enjoyed it. I feel like I'm being rewarded for my time. So, local man number seven. This is the book from Tim Seeley and Tony Fleeks who are, I think, co-writing it. They don't make it clear. And they're both co-drawing it. Um, I just want to mention this issue because, first of all, this book is, I think, it's incredibly fun. It's it's uh, it's about one of the 90s image characters, early 90s characters, sort of, you know, in older, coming back to his hometown in the Midwest and trying to fight crime but not being able to because he's not allowed to use his identity because he got uh, legal issues with the old team. Anyway, the point of this is, in this issue... <clears throat> he stumbles upon a uh, sex and love cult in the woods and who they rescue him from having fallen in a river. And you know, he's classic thing. He's sitting on the chair with a blanket around him and some, some middle-aged overweight guy with dread, dreadlocks is white guy with dreadlocks is uh, uh, giving him his spiel about the cult. And he's got a chest covered in tattoos of the hearts and he uh, gives him a cup of, uh, a cup of tea to warm him up. And I was like, don't drink that. But he does. Uh, uh. 
and it's laced with uh, psilocybin. And so then the, the main character tends uh, has the has a trip for the next ish, the rest of the issue where he he can see his his own word balloons and he walks into the panel borders like a mime walking into a glass wall and then he has a whole hallucination with his ex girlfriend and he it, it's it's just very funny and this book is this book is good it's I still don't know what what the overall story here is um, other than following this guy's adventures but. There seems to be something involving this shadowy organization outside the town, but really, it's just been a lot of fun as Tim Seeley explores the, the tropes of the early '90s image stuff, which was very, you know, crazy. But sure. this issue particularly was very funny, and I just like when they play with the conventions of the medium, mm-hmm. in which he's like, he can reach out and touch his own sound effects, and and he keeps walking into the side of the panels, which made me laugh every time. Uh-huh. Um, it's such a dumb joke, but it made me laugh every time, and, and certainly uh, have done well. Yeah, I've enjoyed it. And then the, the the story, the the issue always includes a backup that takes place in the early '90s that Tim Seeley draws, and so they really get to play with that stuff there too. So if if you you know at all read any of those books in the early '90s, this is totally super fun. Tim Seeley is one of those creators who uh, I don't read a lot of his stuff because I tend to not. It, it's not for me a little yeah. bit, yeah, but sure. I really respect him. I think he's a really good comic creator. It's just not the same taste as my stuff. Um. Which sure. is, yeah, I, I like that. And I don't, I don't like everything he does, but this is, this is something yeah. I enjoy. So those are the books we wanted to talk about, but at patreon.com slash ifanboy, the patrons get to vote to add a book to the rundown. And this week, uh, by a wide, pretty wide margin, the winner was Howard the Duck, number one, written by Chip Zdarsky, Daniel Kibblesmith, Jason Liu, Mer- and Merritt K. Is that right? Yes. Okay. It is. And I, I'm and pretty then, sure uh, I got those by, right. Joe Quinones, Annie Wu, Derek Charm, Will Rubson, Jordan Gibson did inks, Stacy Lee, Ian Herring, D. Cuniff, Pete Panzis. There's a lot of people for Pantasis. I haven't seen the name. Well, it's three. There's uh, three stories and then a bookend on either side. So yeah, it's just a lot of people. Those all line up. Travis Lanham did all the letters because that's what a letterer does. Yep. And, th- and, and thank uh, God for that when writing your credits at the last minute before <laughs> so recording this, at the wrong time. This is a 50th anniversary special, uh, uh, celebration of Howard the Duck. And and to tell you the, the status of the character, it's a single, it's a regular, it's a, it's a barely oversized issue, which makes Good. sense for Howard the Duck. Um, are you a Howard the Duck guy? I'm, I'm, I'm neither for or against. Did you see the movie? I mean, forever ago. I, yeah, I yeah. do when know that. When I was that a kid, I saw it. W- when when it when it came out or when it was going to come out, I I was very excited about it, and then I saw it, and I was like, I don't know what that was, and I've never really gotten away from that. If that I have a, I have a distinct memory of watching it at my friend's P- Patrick's house in his living room, or no, his little TV nook room with a bunch of our other friends, and I don't think any of us really liked it, even at, like, whatever age we were, 12 or whatever it was. Like, I was excited, and I wanted to, but I watched it, and I was like, I don't know what that was. And, like, you know, there was a a naked duck lady, and that didn't... That didn't make me feel anything good. (laughs) Or confusing. It was just like, what? So, so, like... Uh, so I would have said after that, no, I don't like Howard the Duck. And then, you know, as you learn about comic book history and you sort of go forward, oh, okay, I understand what place it lives right. in there. And I know that he shows up every once in a while, but it's it's never been my thing. 
It's not, you know, it's not like they're making him an Avenger and I got to deal with him for a long time. I don't time. mind when he shows up in a big event and makes a crack, cracks a joke and, you know, has a cigar. I don't, I don't mind. It's like, oh, Howard the Duck. But I don't, right. I don't know if I've ever, I don't know if I, well, I must have read at some point a Howard the Duck comic. I just must have. I don't remember. Sure. It, but it's not, it's possible. Anyway, this was, uh, as Josh said, a bunch of shorts. The conceit is that um, Howard has his own lame version of the Watcher. And he, uh, who looks like Tony Soprano, kind of with a cape, and he's called the Peeper, and uh, he 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 looks at various scenarios. They're basically what ifs for for um, Howard the Duck. I do want to mention. Wait, wait, this is the one that had the walks, not the not the penguin. Oh yeah, you're right. I'm an idiot. So, first of all, out of nowhere, jab on Hawkeye in the first story where he dies again, and Spider Man's cradling him. This is not not like this Hawkeye. Yeah. Um, so people don't know there was a, there was a tongue in cheek thing in the seventies where they they were going to have, they had Howard the duck run for president. So that uh, in real life. And so here they had the, what if is what if he'd actually been elected president? So that's that first story where there's an alien invasion and it's all very meta. Um, that one was, I'm trying to remember it. That was okay. That was, I that mean, was okay. It- I'm going to give you this right now as my as my sort of overall review is that as I read it, I found the stories made very little impact on me. I was like, I don't hate it. I don't love it. I don't really remember what I just read. My interest came and went to a certain extent. And it wasn't really because like, hey, you're commenting on a story that happened 50 years ago because that doesn't really matter. It was all well enough laid out. Like, yeah, it's a what out. One time he ran for president. This is what it would have looked like if he'd won. Uh, this is if he had been an X-Man. Uh, and it was fine. It's, I, I will say this. I thought the X-Men story was really good. I liked that I one thought it was the I best thought- of them. It was the best one, but also had a little bit of emotional impact at the end where this, 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 you know, Howard's at the bar, uh, drinking, com- complaining about his life. And he's sitting next to this guy, turns out to be Moyer McTaggart's son who has these, uh, you know, reality altering powers. And so he says, you think it's hard being you try being a, a mutant. And so he makes, he makes Howard a mutant and this is all taking place in like the eighties. And so immediately Cerebro lights up and Professor X from the 80s and the X-Men from the 80s go pick him up because he's in the, and there's sort of like this weird, like he doesn't even have a choice where they, they sort of, they sort of throw, throw him into life of the X-Men. And then it goes to the 90s and they're all around the pool from the, from the pool, uh, the, from the swimsuit edition, edition. And he's happy, right? He's got yes. friends. He's got a family. He's drinking a mojito. He's in a floaty. There's all the X-Men ladies are walking around in bikinis. Like he's super happy with his life. And then, the guy shows up again and takes away his X-Gene and they just toss him right out. They're like, he's not an X-Men. Get him out of here. And Immediately. He's like, and he's like, but Kurt, it's me. And then Kurt bamps away and and I felt so fast sad for him. Like, I thought it was a really good story. Uh-huh. I really felt emotional reaction about how exactly like, he finally found friends and happiness and they just immediately, immediately kicked him out and he was just, the, in the line, but Kurt, it's me, really got me for some reason. Uh-huh. Um, the Guardians of the Galaxy story, I didn't, it was fine, whatever. I didn't, it made, it was okay, and then but then at the end, similar to the Howard the Duck, the very very end is Peter Parker shows up, Spider Man, and to the, with the peeper and says, "Hey, if you can see other universes, is there one where I'm happy?" And he's like, uh, "I gotta go." And I was Ugh. like, "Oh shit!" And then he walks away in the famous. Uh, I wish I, I, know, I, I wish I could. I wish yeah. I could tell you what that issue that image is from. Like it's on my wall over there. Actually, hang on. Look at it often, do you? 
Is it 50? 50 sounds right. I think it's ASM 50. Yeah. It's anyway, behind my couch. I can't see it usually. I think the X-Men story made it worth it. Yeah. If you take out the X-Men story, I would have been like, eh, this was kind of whatever. But I thought the X-Men story was really strong. So for that reason, I'm going to give this issue a three and a half out of five. Wow, we just go into there. Well, there's not much to talk about. I'll give it a three. Like I said, I don't think it was bad. I just didn't really connect with it. I will say there is something I about it. I think uh, if you're Howard fan, you probably like it. Right. But I also think that there is something about the humor that is inherent in the character that has a lot to do with the time frame. There's a certain kind of satire that I don't think it's a very plays, 70s. It's a very 70s character. Yes. And I don't think it plays particularly well modernized. And therefore, you know, it's a little like a little like Dirty Mad Magazine. Not not that dirty, but just a little bit. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? That, make, that makes sense. It's it's you know, it's not super highbrow. It's like it's a lot of like, ooh, look at this over here. You know, like it's self-referential it's it's uh postmodern mm-hmm. uh to a certain extent you're you know you're you're kind of aware that they're kind of aware that they're in the story um you know uh it's fine it was fine i hope i hope people who like howard the duck which is by the way not a growing contingent no they're not adding like no one's in the howard the duck office god i want there to be one going i hope there's a market out there that's untapped i hope friend of the show jimsky liked it because he's a big he was a howard duck yes guy, but I, I I really did think that the X Men story was good. I thought the rest of them were fine to yes. certain to, to different that extents. That was the best. But I really enjoyed reading the X Men story, and it really did cause an emotional reaction to me. So there you go, three and a half stars, three stars, averages of three point two five. We're not sticking with it because it's not an ongoing; it's a special. And so there you go. Howard the Duck is your patron pick. patreoncom slash fanboy. Every patron gets a vote at a book to the rundown. But if you're a patron at the five dollar or higher level, we give you superpower live on the show. And this week, Mike. Cartwright uh, is the patron we thank, and Mike's power is he can he has uh, complete control on uh, ice cream. He can soften or harden as needed. Oh, that's huge, right? Well, who can who can not who can forget when you bring ice cream home initially, and you can put it in the freezer for a couple hours. You pull it out; it's still workable. The right. next day, oh yeah, get the fuck out. No, Mike. You know, sometimes you're like you want to have ice cream. And you're like, oh, you take it out of the freezer, but it's like rock hard. And it's gonna, right. it's gonna, by the time it gets soft enough, it's maybe your desire for the ice cream's gone. Um, <laughs> not, not Mike. Mike's I'm working, out, I'm working out a nasty metaphor right there, <laughs> and I didn't get it. So, well, I thought you were gonna say my desire for ice cream never goes away, but you know, it. I'm not a huge ice cream guy. I do like it on occasion, but like, you know, when you want it, you want it, and. You know, you break a spoon trying to scoop it out sometimes, but not for Mike. Mike, and then can, there's the melting issue, obviously. Right, Mike can prevent that as well. So, you know, he's complete ice cream control. Only ice cream. Only what ice about cream. frozen yogurt? It's not ice cream, Josh. Gelato. Gelato is ice cream, but just a different. It's just a different consistency, a different. Why recipe. isn't frozen yogurt ice cream? It, like, it is a dairy product? Is it, is it not cream? I guess that doesn't I guess count. It's a cream, as, yeah. I'm just trying to understand. This is terrible, but do you remember the TCBY? Um, yes, yes. Shane, is this still around? The, no, but it was a big thing. Yeah, in so eighty-eight. Like yeah, in the eighties, uh, we didn't know what it was. A TCBY opened in our neighborhood, and I was out with me and my mom and my brother, and we thought it was ice cream. This and so is very we funny. walked in, and I, I still remember the smell in that place. And uh, we're like, "Hey, this is this is great new ice cream place." And they're like, "No, no, we're yogurt." And we went, ah, okay. And we turned around to leave. And they were like, no, no, you can't leave. You're literally the first people who have walked in here. Oh, wow. And we went, sorry, we just 
don't want I don't yo- want yogurt. I, they did, and they were they, they, they we basically cursed them. Oh, like they went out of business. Like they were they literally were were like trying to get us to come back and buy something, anything. Because we were the first people that walked in the doors. That's crazy. And we cursed them out of business, and not not maliciously. We just didn't want didn't want yogurt. And what's ironic about that is that, from what I understand, they were the country's best yogurt, and even that wasn't good enough. Yeah, I mean, now I eat yogurt, but as a kid, I didn't. Sure, I was. We had we had one. They showed up in our town. It was fine. The whole idea was that frozen yogurt was somehow healthier, which <laughs> sure. it didn't. It had the same amount of sugar, probably more, and you know, perhaps it was better for your uh, digestive system. I don't know that, but that's a possibility. It's not bad. It's fine, but it ain't ice cream. No, no. I mean, I, I I eat Icelandic yogurt for the health benefits, not because it uh-huh. tastes good. Right. It doesn't taste good. I've had it without any f- flavoring, and it tastes. Is it like, the the brand Icelandic? N- uh, no, Siggy's. I buy. It. Oh, okay, see, try that Icelandic. Uh, we could do this off the yeah. show. Lindsay went from the Siggy's to the the other kind. Likes it. Siggy's much is more. very sour, but it's good in a smoothie. Yeah. All right. So Sorry. there you go. Uh, thanks, Mike Carver, for being a patron. Patreon.com slash ifanboy. You can be one as well, and you can also get a superpower live on the show. I think we have time for a question. One question you pick, Josh, you go. Yes, let's see. I would think the second one I would have a better answers for. Robert <clears throat> Robert emails us and says, so much about the comics industry has changed over time that it feels comforting that one thing hasn't faded away. Retcons. Heroes would not be murderers, Hal Jordan, Wally West. They never revealed their secret identity, Spider-Man, Daredevil, Superman. They've always been gay or bisexual. Iceman, Tim Drake, Alan Scott, Harley Quinn, Poison Ivy. And my favorite, just kidding, the New 52 is just an alternate dimension that we're not going to talk about anymore. LOL. What are three retcons you would like to see in any comic continuity these days? If Connor's answering, maybe do five since Alfred. Yeah, yeah, okay. Everyone's thinking we're talking about Alfred Damien. Um, wow. You can't retcon Alfred. He's got to just be brought back to life. You can't. He's he's been gone too long to retcon his death. So he does. Well, I mean, it, either way, it's not like they're going to keep talking about it after he's back. It's just, it, it, the end. It's the same. Right. Like, or or they could keep talking about it as he gets back, and it's terrible. That's my that's my controversial answer. If I had to choose between the two, I would choose to bring Alf, Alfred back rather than as opposed to that's a good that's a good yeah. take. Um, I, I mean, the heroes not being murderers is a very good one. Yes. Uh, and I would also put in that uh, I would I would redeem Hank Pym. I think that which I think he's a, well. You're not you're not reading Avengers Inc. Right? No. He seems to be back. I don't. I didn't even know he was dead. Honestly, but apparently he's back in that book. <laughs> but he seems like he might be evil. I don't know. But yes, you're right. Well, it, it's not even. It's not even just like you would in redeem the, the slap. The slap? What's yeah, the slap? Slap. Oh, because he. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I just feel like I feel like that story. Well, they tried that. They said he was suffering a psychotic he was, break. He was yellow Jack. I'm saying the. It's almost like I would need to do a reality retcon. Like it was a bad choice, right. and now you're stuck with that on the well, you're, character. Are you retconning our reality so we forget I about could, it? I could maybe. You're giving maybe. the cosmic power to to retcon our reality and choose to fix Hank Pym. I am ret. Yeah. No. I mean, no. If that's the question, <laughs> no. It's just like it's just that it shouldn't have ever happened. You know? Could you retcon me some Google stock from the '90s? Um. <laughs> no. Uh, I think uh, the first thing that came to mind uh, is the Wally West. Yeah, yeah, that was children. a huge one. Yeah, just that really that. is the. Let's just forget that happened. It, you know, like a lot of the. <sighs> Let me ask you this: yeah. Would you keep? Would you keep Jason Todd's murder? The murder, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I you would recommend him having. Well, the thing is, like, you can't. It's really hard. What you can and can't retcon is difficult. 
like you you don't retcon a death, right? Because the person died and you did it with all that stuff. A person coming back to life is not a retcon. That's just the the next progression of the story. But there's there would, I don't know how you would even retcon his murder. Like I don't know how you would even do that. I mean, you, know? you should say that it never happened, right? But the, you can't because it's, it's affected too many stories for too long. Wally West, the whole Heroes in Crisis thing came out. Everyone immediately realized it was a mistake and just was never dealt with again. Whereas Jason well, Todd's you... murder has been dealt with for the last, you know, almost 20 years. But Wally West kids are certainly that – they've been around for a long time right, too. Right, right. But my point is you you can you can do – I mean, Hal Jordan, they just said, oh, he was infected with a demon the whole time. But he, they didn't take away the murders. The murders still happened. Sure. And they that's... just took away the reason for the murders. Yeah, that's kind of fair. But I mean, it's almost like – I think for me, the ultimate effect is you want to take that weight off of the character. Absolutely. And off but you of can't the make it go away unless it just happened with like Wally West. Sure. How they had to come up with a reason why it wasn't what we thought it was. Which you right. could do unless the, the, the only way to do with Jason Todd is to say that wasn't Jason Todd, but that's been I too long. I think this came up this week. A lot of the right, – right away, all the totemism shit, oh, I think. Yeah. Uh, you know, all the Spider-Man stuff. I might go so far as to say a lot of that Green Lantern stuff. Oh well, yeah, I mean, I don't know that it, it like the story was good, but it hasn't it hasn't paid off, and it just became. What do you mean the the other colored the other, lanterns? Yeah, yeah. The problem with that is that while the story was <laughs> terrific, they never they that's all they do now is they, yes. they is somebody from another Lantern Corps shows up. They don't ever. And that's yeah. Retcons are what a retcon is. Retroactive continuity yeah. is. What you thought happened didn't happen. Right. Is what you thought happened didn't actually happen the way you thought it did. You can't – like that's not just wiping something all out. I mean Wally West isn't even really being retcon. It's just let's just forget about that. You know what? Out of continuity, right. didn't happen. That's more of what they did with Heroes in, Heroes in Crisis. They didn't retcon it. They just ignored it, which is right. a different thing. Retcon the problem there is that somebody – blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Somebody could pick it up later. This is the problem. That's always the problem. And someone right. always picks a bad idea. That That's right. the – the beauty and the danger in comics, both equally, is that any any old idea could be re-explored, no matter how bad it is. Um, you know, so. But I mean, uh, as a as a strong proponent of secret identities, Superman and Daredevil and Spider Man, those are all good retcons. And it's not even a retcon. I mean, uh-huh. Superman just got it sort of cosmically wiped away. You know, so does Spider Man. It wasn't a retcon. A retcon would be going back and saying, the whole time they thought Superman was Clark Kent, he wasn't. Like that's that's a retcon. That's uh-huh. not they, no one's saying uh Kingpin right. never knew Daredevil was. They just they just they just got wiped away cosmically. That's not a retcon. That's, a, right, that's let's, a story progression. Let's let's move away from the specifics Ice of the Iceman being gay is what? a retcon. It is. And so that's, I'm that's saying you saying what you've known the whole time it wasn't blah blah blah. Right. Okay, let's just let's just let's just pull it way back. Okay. What do you want to get rid of that was done that you don't want to deal with again? That should be gone. I mean, you can say, I know, like a good answer. You think Damien should have never shown. Damien should be gone. He you died wipe at it all the end away, of Grant Morrison's run, and that should have been the end of his character, which was the perfect segue in, into the New 52 cosmic wipe away. So you wouldn't have had any psychic damage from, from Bruce losing a biological son. Right. You could have just moved on. That was the perfect way to get rid of him. And they didn't. And now we're stuck with him forever because James Gunn loves him and he's in charge. So... <laughs> That's obviously yes. That's what I would get rid of. I would just, but you can't. That's not a retcon. That would be a, a cosmic white boy. I don't He's been around care. Too long. 
Stop getting. It's not the point. Well, that's the email question. I can try to answer the I, guy's question. I know that, but I'm 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 putting it out so that we can just say like right, these what? are things that happened in these stories and the characters that were not good, and and they shouldn't have done you it. You know what? I would like better. to get rid of to never be seen again. Yes, Hydra Cap. No. Ooh, that's a really good one. That because should they, never. They, he have got had brought it. back up recently in some book. I can't remember what it yeah, was. Yeah, it was uh, uh, Uncanny. Uh, oh, Avengers. Avengers. Yeah. Yep. Let's never deal with that mistake again. I agree with you entirely. That's a good one. I went, um, when I read that, I was like, "Oh no, we 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 everyone agreed that was a bad idea. We wouldn't talk about it again." Uh, the, I mean, the we we mentioned it earlier. The the Black Widow uh, kid, kid yeah. thing. Yeah. I think yeah. a lot of the kids are the problem. The Spider Man, uh, <laughs> May, maybe you know, like. Oh, speaking of kids, did you read Action this week? Yes, I did. Did you see that that? Clark referred to that yes, alien girl as his daughter. And I was very confused by that. And like later in the issue, I went, oh, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think it's very, it's very, see, it's very interesting to me because what I think actually works in Fantastic Four with uh, basically exact same story. I mean, it's like there's two alien kids who are from warring. Same, uh, same story, same you know, story. But it works for Alicia and Ben. It's it's built into the DNA of the Fantastic Four. Yes, but also Fantastic at the same Four time, built like the ground up to be a family, and so the Superman, family stories work. Superman already has a family. Yeah. Now there is something to be said that logically you could say, listen, he was adopted. He's an orphan. Of course, they would adopt some people. But I don't think that the story. I don't think the world required it. No, it does. It doesn't add a lot to it. Um, there was a little story for a little bit where was there ever a discussion about that? Usually, like there's a discussion like. We had the big moment in a Batman comic where Bruce asked Dick if he could adopt him formally. Right. Same thing with Tim. Big emotional moments. Great. But was, was there ever discussion? Were we adopting these kids? Is this us calling her my daughter? Are they Kryptonian? I think they are Kryptonian. They're like Kryptonian refugee kids. I didn't know that that had been the case either. This is all a mistake. Well, that story was terrific. That that Superman War World story. They should have left the kids on War World. Yep. Fend for yourself. Yeah, I mean, th- this goes on forever, but a lot of those things that sort of, I don't know, like, you're not a parent, but, at, like, as a parent, like, th- it in- it indelibly changes every single thing about life and-, and changes the stakes of everything. And if you want to tell that story, there are places where it fits and there's things where it works. Again, I think it- it's worked really well in Fantastic Four. I think that those kids and the way that they've developed uh, added uh, in other issues, you know, other instances, they don't. Um yeah, yeah, God, Hydrocap might be. A, I mean, it's especially if they're going to refer to it again. Yeah, that's the one I, I read it this week. And my eye twitched. It's like, oh no! Yeah. And yeah. I skipped most of that, but still, the reverberation of it is just—it was a bad idea. I was Captain re- America, and it was a bad idea to bring it back. I was really enjoying that miniseries. Right, he was revealed to be the bad guy. Yeah, he was revealed to be the Captain Krakoa. He's like, you forgot about me, and it was like that was the point. <laughs> that's why you were buried. Yes. Ah, oh, jeez. I don't think we answered Robert's question, but I had fun. Totally did. I I think I think he's good to go. Contact.ifanboy.com is how Robert wrote in. Thanks for doing so, and thank you for everyone else who wrote in so far this year. Uh, We've got one more show to go. As we as we always do at the end of the year, we put all of the emails into a folder and move on with a fresh new folder for each year. So if your question didn't get answered this year, uh, you can send it in again next year. So there you go. Let's. I guess we were going to talk about comicsology, but we're running out. We're we're over. Um, Uh, you know. They were the one. They were the 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 one that that survived. There was the rush. We were part of it. 
um say what you will one way or another um they made a lot of good decisions ultimately you know they were bought up by amazon which means they did something right and they were the only one that really worked out a deal that everything was there on their platform and that is to be lauded and and it was it was reliable you could it, it count worked on really it. It really worked. well for a really really long time yep you and i have different opinions on how it's worked since the uh consolidation i think the app has worked way worse since Amazon consolidated it and got rid of the website and got rid of the staff. Um, but that's fine. But I think, I don't know. Have you been using the Kindle app? Uh, I have. I just, <clears throat> I have, I will say I have been using the Comixology app as long as possible. Mm-hmm. Like I haven't, I've, I've, I'm on it until it's not there anymore. Well, there's the banner across the top. It's going to be gone uh, the day yeah. after the show comes out. So, yeah. So, so that'll do, you know, we, we, we rode that one into the ground. Um, it was a great service. Yeah. And the brand exists as Amazon's comics brand. Who, long, who knows how long that'll last? But um, it's a bummer. My my, uh, maybe the Kindle app will be fine. I have read a couple of comics on there, and it seemed to be okay. But my the interface is almost exactly the same. I think the sorting well, that's they is use a the Kindle worse. interface of the new version of the app. But right. my feeling is always a dedicated app is better than a non dedicated app. So reading a comic is different than reading a book, and so I always feel like a app designed specifically to read a comic book will be better experience than it did a general reading app but we'll see i'm not i'm willing to give it a chance but um it's a bummer certainly a bummer and you you hope that this is not a portent for other changes in the future but you know these these things happen in the cold, goes in the cold world of capitalism um it, nothing nothing golden stays and all of our comics being in one app on one location uh, it was you know we've had it for a long time, but who hey, knows if we can get it. Here's a possible uh Amazon's pretty good at forcing people to push their pricing down. <laughs> so who knows? It's also less likely that it's it's I I don't know this for sure, but I feel like it's less likely there's always these conversations that have been going on where like Marvel is gonna go do it on their own or DC, you know, and I don't think that they can afford they all have not. their apps. They have their infinite apps. Right. They have their their Netflix one price. But you know the weekly apps. issues and stuff. I, sure. I think are going to be pretty pretty stable in, in that way. And I think that there's something good about that. We don't have time to talk about it now. But the greatest what if in modern comics is what if Graphically had actually bought Comicsology, <laughs> which is Graphically's where we worked, and we know that at one point there was discussion about that. This was before Comicsology got the Marvel and DC licenses, right? Uh, and then took off ahead of everybody and never looked back. But there was a, I remember distinctly being in a, in a bar with the CEO of Graphically saying, I just gave her a meeting with Comixology and they want us to buy them. And that's the greatest what if because Graphically was run like a fucking shit show and <laughs> from the comic side anyway, the technology side. And so if it would have gone out of business, there would have been no, no comics, digital comics. <laughs> so I just, so people at home know, he wasn't saying, man, we would have all cashed in. No, no he's no. saying comics would have been ruined. <laughs> right. So, uh, that's a great what if the great what if anyway uh you know hats off to you comicsology i will i guess we'll do the show yeah. next week the kindle app see how that goes not that we have a choice nope no choice plugs so um out now other shows that we do uh our last most recent i guess the last media split of the year that was came out in november the uh, year in mailbag show is still behind this sh- couple shows back on the feed that was incredibly fun we an- emptied out the mailbag and answered some of our favorite emails from the year uh in front of that show is our Marvels review. Josh and Paul Montgomery and I reviewed the Marvels. You can find that a couple shows back. And then right behind the show, came out a few days ago, was our final book split of the year on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles books one through four, the original 12 issues from uh, Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. 
And that was incredibly fun. We enjoyed that it show. It really was. Yep. And you can find that right behind the show on the feed. Check it out. And we this is, you know, we're getting towards the end. We're entering into December. We have three shows left before we go on our holiday break. One pick of the week and two other shows. Next uh, week, December 10th, you'll have our final pick of the week of the year, episode 908. Then the following week, probably, if, if it doesn't come out earlier, will be the final talk explore of the year. Josh has it booked, but not recorded, so we're not going to tell you who it is. But it's booked. And then it, was, uh, it should be done now, but I was sick. That's true. He could have recorded it already, but he's dying. And then on December 17th, <laughs> our final show of the year, the traditional all-media year and roundup, which we've been doing since our very first year of recording. We literally did it like six shows in. It's been a tradition since the very beginning. It's our final show. We like doing it. That'll be on the feed uh, for a couple of weeks while we take our break and recharge the batteries. We'll be back on January 7th with Pick Week 909. You can find all of those shows we just talked about in the past. I think the Talksplodes are in the 100 single digits at this point. Those are, yep, they are. all available, all the media splodes, all the all media shows. Uh, you can watch our hopefully evolving uh, <laughs> opinions on things. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, you can do that. You can follow uh, at iFanboyComics on Instagram. You can find the pick of the week there before the show comes out, so you know, so you're prepared. Uh, you'll find pick the best of the week in panels on there um, when they are there. Uh, Connor and I are both on Instagram at C.S. Patrick and J.A. Flanagan. Yeah. That's my part. That's your part. And subscribe to our YouTube page, youtube.com slash iFanboy. That's where you'll find our old video shows, and we post this show every week. But the old video shows are really the, the fun. Take Get the time machine and jump back to 2007, 8, 9, 10 and see the, the wild world of comics back then. It was full of such promise and hope. And yep. Lots of good comics, lots of good interviews, lots of good shows. I was proud of the work we did. Sure. Check out our, our, our calves. And our <laughs> knees. A lot of knees and calves in those shows. So <laughs> <laughs> I'd retcon that. I did that. a in the shower once. A lot going on in those shows. Check those out on youtube.com slash fanboy. Subscribe, like, do whatever those whatever those buttons do. And please consider leaving a review or a star rating wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever. If you get one of those Spotify year-end thingies that everyone seems to get and it's got us on it, send us that uh, screenshot. We can put it up on our social channels. Um, it was fun to see someone post that earlier. We have more than one? <laughs> yeah. Well, you have the one channel. Um, <laughs> What'd you sign up for? Are you on the threads? I started a TikTok and I've been doing dances and talking about um, uh, alternative diets. Uh, so it's really I don't even up. have it in me to like do a bit on it. I was just instantly <laughs> like, ugh. Please, it's, it's all terrible. Anyway, consider uh, writing a review or leaving a star rating. It really helps people find the show, helps the algorithm uh, make the show go higher. And we appreciate that. And we are done for the week. Thank you for listening. Josh, go get, get lay down, have some tea, whatever it is you need to do. God. <laughs> thank you for I listening. Mean, I mean, thank you for listening. I'm Connor. Bye.